Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to visit primed.com slash podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Isabella is a 28-year-old cisgender female who presents to your office today for her annual wellness visit. She recently lost her job and states she's been picking up odd jobs to help support her family. Isabella tells us that she has a friend who is HIV, and she's interested in knowing more about ways to help prevent her from contracting it. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me this morning is Marianne Montague, DNP and instructor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School. Good morning, Marianne. Good morning, Frank. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, I, I find uh, uh, Isabella's case compelling. Um, many people are out of work thanks to COVID. Um, the, uh, the thoughts and concerns about HIV are probably off people's radar, but really need to be. Can you give us a quick update on the role HIV is playing in the U.S. right now? Yes. So you're right. It's it's not something that might be on everybody's mind, but the epidemic of HIV and AIDS is not over. And in 2019, it was announced that the goal to end the HIV epidemic in the United States is to end it by 2030, which is not that far away. So the United States Department of Health and Human Services developed a plan. Part of that plan involves us as primary care providers and increasing the utilization and education of PrEP. So in 2019, there were 36,801 individuals who received a diagnosis for HIV, according to the CDC. While this has overall decreased by 9% from annual diagnosis between the years of 2015 to 2019, in 2019, we also had 15,815 deaths with individuals with HIV. We got to get to a point where this is not an issue and this is not an epidemic. And there's still so much work to do. HIV has been found to affect women and adolescents disproportionately. 19% of the new HIV diagnoses and 23% of new AIDS cases in the United States in 2017 were in adolescents and in women. There has been a decline among women since 2010, but not in individuals who are over 55. All right. Well, I think you make a very compelling case, especially for adolescents and women, that HIV has certainly not gone away. And, and it's really still startling that there's still 15,000 deaths in 2019 related to HIV AIDS. So um, what do we need to do? Let, let's start with screening. Who should we be screening and, and how? So oftentimes, I sometimes see patients who have never been offered HIV screening or even had the discussion. And so really, all individuals who are 
above 13 and, you know, between 13 and 64 should be tested for HIV at least once. Those who, you know, are in a higher risk category should be tested more frequently. In practice, often patients will report they do not have any risk and they don't need to be tested. Sometimes this is because there's stigma around HIV. It's important that we educate individuals that insurance covers testing, and this is part of the Affordable Care Act, to do routine health screening. So just like we would talk about screening for diabetes, hypertension, and any other screening we might do in office, we need to encourage screening for HIV. I I find I I ask patients, so um, how many sexual partners have you had in the last year? And they say, oh, the same one. Well, you know, would you like HIV screen, you know, testing today? Uh, no, no, we're, we're together for a long time. All right, good. But if anyone says, well, I've had more than one partner or I'm currently not in a relationship, I'm like, oh, then you're the perfect person for us to, to do an HIV test on. You'll be able to get a negative result, share it with your partner. It'll make you feel better, make them feel better. Uh, I, I try to, I try to, encourage them that just like other STI testing, this is critically important um, to their overall health. Um, all right, well, let's let's do what we normally do in primary care. Talk a little bit about, if you would, how we can prevent the transmission of HIV. So one thing that we can do is utilize something called PrEP that we often refer to, which is pre-exposure prophylaxis. So in primary care setting, it's our job to make sure that we educate and talk to our, our patients about PrEP. So we should talk to every sexually active adolescent and adult. And just like we would talk about STIs, contraception, it's important for us to discuss PrEP. So the more awareness and the more we normalize the conversation, it will reduce stigma as well as increase the awareness and use of PrEP. To help reduce barriers, we should allow things like same-day prep for patients. When it's appropriate, we should talk about prep over telehealth, as well as in our routine discussions at our annual wellness exams. Okay. Um, So for a couple of years now, we've had an oral option for prep. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what the current state of uh, pre-exposure prophylaxis options are that we can offer to our patients? Yes, so many individuals have heard of Truvada and Descovy, but as of 2021 late, we have a new medication called Cabotebavir. This medication, what's really interesting, and there's more to come, but this medication is an injectable. So versus the oral medications that individuals would have to focus on taking daily and they could be in a compromising place or not have the medication on them, this injectable is a two-month injection. So you would come to the office on day one, get the injection, follow up in two months. As a provider, I would just want to make sure that I'm checking the HIV status of every individual at each visit. And then I would want to make sure that every other visit, so every four months, I check for STIs as well as HIV. I, I think this is really cool because um, what's a little bit challenging with the oral medication is that you have to you do have to check uh, uh, 
for reasons that aren't completely clear, you got to follow their creatinine. You got to watch their creatinine clearance, um, and and it does require another thing that 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 is daily attention. Whereas this, every two months, it's fantastic. It it, it really relieves some of the pressure on both the patient and us for for worrying about about their safety. Um, what other thoughts you have about about the new injectable? Anything that you see uh, otherwise as an upside? So another thing I see as an upside with this is I feel that there's going to be greater adherence. So we're wanting to eliminate HIV by 2030. If it's harder for individuals to access care or to follow up for routine labs, they're not going to want to stay on the medication or they could miss dose and be at greater risk. This is something that is out of sight, out of mind. You come in for your scheduled appointments every two months and you're protected. I, I think you're, you're completely correct. Well, Marianne, um, I hope we're all seeing an uptick in patients accepting pre-exposure prophylaxis as well as providers being more aware and more comfortable prescribing it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Frank. Practice pointer. Since 2012, we've had the ability to help prevent HIV transmission with an oral agent. In 2021, we have a new injectable that needs to be given once every two months. The outcome is likely a lower transmission rate of HIV and better prevention of STIs in general. Join us next time when we talk about the high rate of prescription drug misuse in our clinical practices. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primed.com slash podcasts and see you next week.